What's up, church? How you doing? You feeling good? Somebody in a living room say, I'm feeling good. Somebody in a chat room online say, I'm feeling good. Red Rocks Church, I'm so glad we get to do church together today. I want to say hi to each and every one of you. I know we normally meet in nine spots. Today we're meeting in thousands of spots, literally around the world. And I want to say hi to some very special guests who are joining us this week. Liverpool One Church, what's up? Everybody in the chat room say, what's up, Liverpool One? Liverpool, we love you so much. My wife and I, you know, we've heard for a long time people say things like, you know, they're, they're, they're friends, but they're like family. My wife and I started saying that when we spent a week with Luke and Emma and their family. And then we started texting back and forth and we would always end our text with friends like family because that's what you are. Liverpool one, we've always thought of you as family. Luke and Emma, we love you so much. We're crazy about you. We respect you. We honor you. And we're so excited we get to do church another time with you. So uh, thank you for being here. And uh, we love you guys. And can you make some noise at home? Can you make some noise? Look, just because you're at home doesn't mean you don't participate at home. Can you make some noise for the band? I love you guys. You're amazing. Tyler, what's it been? Almost 10 years? How long? Nine and a half years Tyler's been up in this house. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you're with us today. We thank you for your presence. We know that the church is not a building, that the church is a people, and we're so excited that we get to be the church today. I thank you that we get to gather literally around the world, but together through technology and experience your presence. And so, God, we just now in, we, we ask that your presence will be with us in every office, in every car, in every house, in every room, through every screen. God, we ask for your presence to be with us. God, would you speak to us about our lives, where we're at, and most importantly, where you want to take us. We love you so much in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, if you weren't here last week, I highly encourage you to get caught up. Um, but this week, we're really going to build off of what we started last week. If you weren't here, that's okay. You'll be fine. But I challenge you, go back and, and get caught up. Last week, we, we started out by talking about how in the, this just crazy world that we're living in right now, um, I, I, think, I think I hear that word about 25 times a week, right? You just, you're talking to people and you're talking about school or you're talking about work or you're talking about the sports or you're talking about whatever. And you always hear like, it's crazy, right? Like, it's crazy. And we know statistically that things on the rise are anxiety and worry and depression and the things that we crave so badly, the things that we spend so much time praying for, peace, joy, purpose, confidence, those things are getting harder and harder to come by as this COVID thing continues and it has more and more ripple effects on our lives, doesn't it? So we started last week by looking at this verse and I'm gonna start out by reading it again. It is Ephesians 2, 8. And, and it's the Apostle Paul, and he's talking to his friends in Ephesus, and he's, he's already greeted them with this two-word phrase, grace and peace. And we talked about last week how it was so important to the Apostle Paul to start out every single one of his letters with grace and peace. It was so important to him that his audience understood Yes, I got a whole bunch of great things in store for you and a whole bunch of ways this is going to help you. But unless you start with grace, 
you won't be able to experience the peace, which leads to the joy and the purpose and the confidence and everything else that you're wanting. And so he's trying to help his audiences understand everything we're talking about. It starts uh, by, by being built on a foundation of grace. And Paul just thought he was writing letters to his friends and to some churches. But what we, what, <laughs> what we now know is God was using the apostle Paul to write the Bible so that he could speak to us about our lives today. And so get this, God goes so far out of his way, 13 out of 27 books in the New Testament start with that phrase, grace and peace. If you understand my grace, you'll start to experience my peace. And, and here, here's what he said. For it is by grace that you've been saved. Excuse me. It is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. And we talked about last week how we, we have sort of a, a longer definition for grace and then a shorter one. And the longer one goes like this. And go ahead and put that up. It is unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor and forgiveness, love and kindness from God. Unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor, forgiveness, love and kindness from God. And I want to challenge you to do what I did last week. Take a snapshot of that screen. Grab onto that statement. Take it with you into your prayer times this week. Take it with you somewhere. Put on some worship music and just read through that statement. And start to ask God to help you understand and actually believe. Would you just start asking God, God, would you help me to start to actually believe that I get your grace even when I don't earn it? God, would you help me to believe the truth of your word that I get your grace even when I haven't deserved it, when I don't merit it? When I haven't done enough good things or avoided enough bad things, would you help me understand what your grace really is? It's this free gift, Paul says, of forgiveness and favor and love and kindness. And we need that. And Paul seems to think if we can start to access this grace, understand it, walk in it, that it will then lead to peace, joy, purpose and confidence. All the things we're praying for. So. I want to do something today. I do this thing every now and then with my boys. I call it talk time. And every now and then I just bring them over and they're all, they're all so busy and I'll bring them over. and I just make them sit next to me and they're like, what dad? And I'm like, talk time. They're like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to talk. I'm just going to talk. What are we going to talk about dad? I don't know. You tell me. And since I'm the only one with the mic, I'll do the talking this time. But for just a few minutes, we have talk time. And I want to share part of my experience as an early Christ follower. And there'll be parts of this that I've never shared before. And what I, what I want you to do is try and find how this applies to you. And if you've ever felt any of these things, if you've ever dealt with any of this stuff, because Revelation 12 says um, there's two things that defeat the power of Satan in our lives today. It's the blood that Jesus shed on the cross and the word of our testimony. And so I want to have a little talk time. I'm just going to tell you some of my experiences as an early believer when it comes to grace and peace. And I want you to see if you kind of know what I'm talking about a little bit. All right. So I, I told you last week, I, I went to church at 24, heard I could have grace, had a real hard time believing it, did what you do anytime you hear you can have grace, which is, mm, I don't know, because I got a list. 
Let me tell you about the things I've done. Let me tell you about the things I haven't done that I probably should. Right? I got a list. And I was desperate for life change. And I mean, like, I was that guy. I raised my hand in a church service. And I was the guy that would never find Jesus if you asked any of my friends. And I raised my hand in a church service, and I'm like, God, if you're real, man, I need it. I want your grace. I want your forgiveness. I want eternity with you. Like, I want it. And, and I remember going out to the parking lot that day after that church service. And I remember I just, whew, just felt light. Like, I felt like I had just been under a squat rack with like tons of weight on it, which who are we kidding? If it's my squat rack, there's not much weight on it. I'm going to do legs once a year, whether I need it or not. But I'm under, I, I felt like I was under a squat rack and like just got to like take all this weight off my shoulders. And I felt so light. And I remember, I remember I actually told somebody, I don't think I've ever felt peace like this before. And it was in that one day I saw, I accepted his grace. I hadn't got to the car yet. And I was already experiencing his peace. And I was like, man, this is amazing. Well, about three weeks went by and I made a whole bunch of mistakes. And I ended up moving back to this city in Illinois where I was taken to a church service and lived with a couple different families and was really just sort of loving life. Had nothing. Nothing in life was working out. I didn't have a job. I had quit my job where I lived. I had just wrecked my car. I had no savings. The church gave me an orange rusted out station wagon to drive when I got to town. And like, I had nothing, but I had peace. And it was amazing. And some of you know, like, You'd give all the money in the world if you could find some peace, right? I had peace. Well, I instantly got plugged into the church and I got in a small group real quick. And I'm going to tell you about some of the things that went on at this church. I'm not bagging on these guys. The leadership of that church, they do things slightly different than we do at Red Rocks or that they do at Liverpool. I'm not bagging on what they did. In fact, it was one of the best times of my life. It's just different. And it was a new world for me. And I didn't know how to operate within it. So all of a sudden, I'm going to be we had what was called a small group leadership team. So I was going to be on the small group leadership team. I'm like, I'm a small group leader. What's up? I've been saved like three weeks. I don't even know what a small group is, but I'm on leadership team. So if you're on the small group leadership team, you had to agree to a list of do's and don'ts. And it was, it was a pretty extensive list, right? The do's were get this seven, count them seven church services a week, seven Corey. I'm so spiritual, bro. Amen. Amen. Seven. So Sunday school, an hour long sermon church. Nobody knows how long that sermon's going to be. Then you get a little break. You get enough time to watch about one quarter of a good game and then you got to be back at the church at 4, 4.30 for the leadership meeting to run small groups. And that was another hour sermon. And then we had Sunday night church. No telling how long that's going. It's just Sunday, four services. All right. Then let's see what else was there. Oh, Wednesday night youth group, Thursday night young adults group, and you run a small group one night a week. So seven services, seven church events that, that starts the list and you don't dare miss one of them. 
So that's on the dues list. They gave me an entry level position at the church. It wasn't actually at the church. It was at the school attached to the church because they felt pity for me because I had nothing. And they said, they literally said this, the first hour of your day, here's your job. Go into the auditorium of the church and pray. And to be honest with you, I was like, this is like a dream come true. Is this happening? They're going to pay me to go pray for an hour every day. So I'd go in the sanctuary and I spend half the time just fumbling my way through trying to talk to God. And then they wanted me to spend half the time reading the Bible. No instruction manual. They just gave me this giant thing, put me in the sanctuary and said, good, go get him, kid. So I go in there every day for an hour and fumble through trying to read the Bible and fumble through trying to talk to God. And man, if that's you, if you feel like that's where you're at right now, man, just, just keep fumbling. Like there's no wrong way to talk to your heavenly father. There's no wrong way to get into the word and let him talk to you. And pretty soon you're going to blink and you're going to have a life changing relationship. So, so I spent an hour every day and we called it our quiet time. If you've ever heard me or Jill talk about our quiet time, that's what we're referring to because that's what you had every day and everybody had it. So I got seven church services. I got to read for half an hour. I got to pray for half an hour. Those were the tops of the to-do list. And the don't do list was even longer. Uh, if you've been in church a while, you probably know some of it. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, and don't date girls who do. Now, that's easier said than done when you're from Kansas. There's some hot girls who chew where I'm from, I'm just saying. So, so don't drink. You couldn't drink, and you couldn't go anywhere where alcohol might be drank. No nicotine, which I didn't tell anyone because I was super embarrassed. But I had just gotten over a drug addiction when I got saved, but I was still sneaking out at night smoking cigarettes. Wasn't telling anybody. And I'd heard the pastor say things like, smoking won't send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like you've been there. <laughs> so I'm out every night going, I'm sorry, God. I know I smell like hell. I know. So don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't chew. Um, don't dance. It was on the list. No dancing. Um, heaven knows what that'll lead to. Um, what else was on the list? Don't listen to the radio. We couldn't listen to what was called secular music. And I was like real confused because they were like, oh, there's Christian music and there's secular music and we don't listen to secular. And I was like, I'm new to this game, right? So I'm like, well, what, what's secular? And what's, and I was like, so if they say, if the song says Jesus, is it Christian? Even if the guy singing it, isn't a Christian? Or if a Christian is singing and he doesn't say, Jesus, is it not? I'm so confused. And they were like, look, bro, it's real easy. You got Caleb. Everything else is off the limit. All right. Off limits. I don't even know if it was Caleb, but we had one Christian radio station and you couldn't listen to anything else. No kidding. I was at a small group leadership team meeting, one of my seven church services of the week. And I got completely like ripped a new one because somebody found out I was listening to Jewel. She, she had my heart, man. I couldn't help it. And so, you, you know, don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, don't dance, don't listen to the radio. A lot of dating rules. I won't even get into all that. A list, okay? So, and, and one of the things that were, was amazing about this church was their accountability. They, they had, they, they were very, very, um, they were just always pushing you to be real accountable with each other, which was awesome because I needed it. But here's how the conversations went every time. It was like, hey, how you doing? You'd be like, I'm good. And then they go, ah, how you really doing? And I knew what that meant. And everyone involved at the church knew what that meant. That means 
how you doing with God? And I picked up on this real quick. Well, how do I know? How do I know how I'm doing with God? You look at the list. That's how you know, right? No one would say that. And that's not what was intended, but that's what I got because have you been, the, the follow-up question was, you, you, you've been having your quiet time? And if I was like, oh man, I, I only got four hours in this week. I'm not kidding. I'd get a, ooh, okay, okay. Well, you know, you're new, you're new. You know, God's got grace. Okay. And, 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 and I just got yelled at for, for listening to the radio. And what they don't even know is I didn't just listen. I sang along. And, and I'm smoking every night almost. I'm sneaking out to my friend's garage and having a cigarette. And so the truth is I'm looking at the list. And it, day one, it was I experienced grace. And I'm out in the parking lot like, I got some peace. Day 100, I had grace one day. I spend most of my days now feeling pretty guilty. And I never really feel good enough for God anymore. And I don't know when I crossed over that line because one day I was all about grace and peace. But now every time I think, how am I doing with God? The first thing that I do is I think about the list. And I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I looked at that and I said that and I thought that and I struggle with that. And then there's the jewel thing and how I'm doing with God turned into how I was performing on a mental invisible list. You ever felt that? And pretty soon what was what's supposed to be peace turns into shame and guilt and condemnation. And that's why Paul in every single one of his letters. That's why God made sure 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament started out with, you gotta get the grace. Don't miss out on the grace. It's not about your list. It's not about what you've done and haven't done. It's about Jesus's list. And it starts with this, the cross. It's about what he already did. He already paid for your sins. He already took care of that. He already defeated death, hell, and the grave. He already made you perfectly righteous in your father's eyes. It's not about your list of do's and don'ts. It's about his list of I already did's. But, but my, my, my relationship with God turned into a list. And all the joy got sucked out of it. Because I forgot. I forgot that grace is it's undeserved. It's unearned. It's unmerited, which means I don't get to have it because of my lists of the things I do or don't do. I, I only get to have it because of what Jesus did. Romans three twenty four, and all are justified freely. How? By your list of do's and don'ts, by your striving real hard, by your working hard for God. No, by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. It's not about my list of do's and don'ts. It's about Jesus's list of I already did. And that's how it works for you too. And some of you, you need to start understanding this is not fancy church talk. God wouldn't have put it in the Bible 13 out of 27 books as the intro if he didn't want us to pick up on this. We got to have this grace. We got to understand it. We got to accept it. We got to walk in it so we can experience the peace, joy, purpose, and confidence that he wants us to walk through life with. It's undeserved. 
Last week, I was praying about the service last week. And I had this idea. And I, I kid you not, I'm literally tears in my eyes. And I text the idea over to Tyler. What'd you do, Tyler? Oh, I remember you made fun of me for it. Yes, now I remember. Tyler mocked me for my idea. That's what he did. So you know what I'm going to do, church? Because Tyler, who's been here almost 10 years, took my heartfelt, tear-dripped idea and mocked it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give Tyler a present. That's what I'm going to do. Tyler, I'm a gift giver. I told you that last week. I'm a good gift giver. And when it comes to shoes, I'm a real good gift giver. Bro, I love you so much. The fact that you've been here almost 10 years blows me away. You and your wife are an unbelievable part of this team. You are so cherished. And this church is not what it is without you. Our worship is not what it is without you. And I love you. Now, I don't want you to take these out, but just move the paper enough to see what's on the box. Just that's right. That's right. That's right. Those are Jordans. What time is it? Game time. Who? I'm so addicted to that show. Did Tyler deserve the Jordans I just bought him after mocking me last week? With my heartfelt, tear-stained idea. It's called grace, church. You see what I'm saying? Corey, it's called grace. Everybody up here is like, I didn't mock your idea. Why didn't I get some J's? Right? It's undeserved. It just is. It's undeserved. Romans eleven six 6 says this. And if by grace then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. See what Paul's telling his friends in Rome? If God gives you a gift and then you turn around and try to pay for it, it's no longer a gift. So if you could earn grace, it wouldn't be grace. It's only grace because we can't earn it. We can't pay for it, right? If you earn it, it's not grace. If you pay for it, it's not grace. And listen, it never runs out. And this is what I want some of you church people to get in your heart. It never runs out. You don't ever have to go back to the list. We think I got the grace once, but now I'm looking at the list and I, he's got to be sick and tired of me. I'm still doing the same thing I promised him I wouldn't do five years ago. Like I had a moment, God, I'm never going to do it again. But last week, and I know if it were me, I'd be sick of me. So I probably ran out of the grace. I know I'm not supposed to look at the list, but let's be honest. I'm trying. You know, there's a difference. There's a difference between I do something because I love you and I'm doing something to try to get your love. I gave Tyler the, some sweet Jordans, not because I want him to love me. 
I gave him those because I love him. You see the difference? I can do things out of love. I'm not doing them so I hope he loves me back. There's a difference. You're not running out of God's grace. It doesn't matter how you think you're doing or not doing according to some imaginary list that either somebody else put in your life or you put in your life or Satan's whispering in your ear. It's not about your do's and don'ts. It's about what he already did and it never runs dry. Listen to this. Listen to this definition of grace. This is the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible. Grace is the dimension of divine activity that enables God to confront human indifference and rebellion Listen to this with an inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless. You can't out sin God's grace. You can't outdo him on the list. Even on your best day, he says, your righteousness is like filthy rags on your best day. You don't got what it takes. You definitely don't have it on your worst day and it never runs out. The 10,000th time I need it, I ask God for it and I get it in an instant. It's a gift, it's grace, and it's undeserved. John 1.16, John says, from, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. See, he said, you got grace, but then you needed it again. And then you got grace, and then you needed it again. And then you got grace and you needed it again and you get it every single time. And it's an inexhaustible sort. It's grace upon grace. Tyler mocked me last week. Church, you know what I'm going to do? That's it. I'm going to give him another pair of shoes. That's right. That's called grace upon grace. Hey, and that pair of shoes that's going to bring you more enjoyment than the first pair because that pair of shoes is for your wife. So now you get to go home and you get to come up in your house with two bags. What's up with I'm still the man at church. They don't just honor me with shoes, baby, but because you're with me, they give you shoes too. Here you go. I'm telling you, you're going to get more out of that second pair of shoes than you do the first guaranteed. That's grace upon grace. And it just keeps coming. Everybody else is like, I'm going to mock every idea Sean has from now on. If this is how that works, I forget what I'm doing, but I don't know if I read this verse already, but if I didn't, let's reread it. Romans eleven six. I think I already read it. Let's reread it. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. Yeah. I said it a minute ago. If you're going to pay for it, it's no longer a gift. If Tyler pays me for those shoes, I didn't give him a gift. I sold him something, right? God's not selling grace. He's giving. Now think about this. Let's just say hypothetically, there's $300 worth of shoes in those two bags. Hypothetically. And let's say that Tyler, he, he puts these Jordans on and he's just like, oh, look out. And he leads worship at a different level. And he walks around a little bit taller and a little bit more confident. He loves these shoes. He gives Whitney her shoes and she loves those shoes. And Tyler, over time, starts to feel bad. Like, man, I don't deserve this. 
I, I, I didn't earn this. This isn't right. I'm going to pay Sean back for these shoes. And let's just say that Tyler, Tyler has nothing. Okay. And so once a week, he can come up with a penny. And so once a week, he goes, it's all I got. I got nothing. But I'm going to take this to Sean's house. And he walks to my house. And, and just picture him. It, it's how we are as Christians sometimes when we're trying to earn God's love. Shame, guilt, head down, body posture slumped. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. It's the same old story. The prodigal son said it on the way home. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I'll work for dad. That's what it takes to get grace. That's what it takes to get his love. I'll slunch. I'll slump over, hunch over. I'll be pathetic. I'll be sad. I'll continue to feel shame. And then, and then what if Tyler knocks on my door and, and he goes, that's all I have. But thank you so much for these shoes. I, I love them. They're my everything. And I don't have anything to give you back. And so, so I brought you this penny and I'm going to try real hard to get another penny next week. It'd be crazy, right? And it would break my heart. Because I'd be like, Tyler, you don't understand. But I got you those because I love you. I want you to have those. And seeing you scratching and clawing and striving for pennies to try and repay me, like you, you won't live long enough to repay. You can't repay me for those with what you got. I never wanted you to repay me for those. I just want you to enjoy them. I just want you to take them and accept them and love them and live in them. But isn't that what we do, church, with God's grace? I got something I didn't deserve. I got Jesus. And so, so we, we come to God all hunched over with our, with our penny. I went to church this week. Am I good? You love me yet? I got that Bible app they said I needed. Did it three times this week, God. We good? You proud of me yet? That thing I've been struggling with, it's been six days. Am I worthy yet? Think about it. I'll let you into my soul for a second. As a pastor, I can't tell you how many days that were supposed to be filled with the joy of the Lord and the peace that I'm supposed to walk in. And they've been, they've been over, overridden, overwhelmed by shame and condemnation and guilt because I just don't feel like I'm enough. And so I try to take these little pennies to God and I go, hey, God, I'll start a church. I didn't deserve Jesus and I've screwed up so much in my life. I'll start a church. Are we good? Do you love me? Hey, God, we're going to start a second campus. Isn't that good? Am I good yet? I remember this day. God, that magazine article said we're one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Am I worth something yet? You see what I'm saying? And picture how that breaks God's heart. When you and I try and bring him these little pennies. I'm going to pay you, God. I'm going to pay you back. 
And God, the father's going, no, 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 you can't. On your best day, you can't pay this back. It's unearned. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. You can't earn my love. You're my child. You just have it. Would you just accept the gift and walk in it? You couldn't pay it if you tried, see? Sorry, I'm so emotional, but this is, it's really something I've struggled with for a long time. And, and I just believe God wants us to experience some freedom in it. I think God's going, look, I gave you everything so you could have grace. Stop letting shame and condemnation steal the joy of your day. You're perfect in my sight today too. Not because of your list, because of Jesus's list, the I already did it list. Band, you guys can, can get ready and... We're going we're gonna to worship here in a second. I'm, I'm going to end with a story. I, uh, first, actually, let me read a verse. I'm going to read a verse, and I'm going to tell you a story. Ephesians 2, 7, and 8. This is in the message translation. It says this. Now, now God has us where he wants us. Some of you just need to let, let the word speak to you right now. With all the time in this world and the next, to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea. <laughs> Isn't that good news? And all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. I wonder if God's asking some of us today, would you just let me? <laughs> would you let me? give you this gift. We got a puppy. I don't like him. I'm not going to show you a picture of him because all of you who just sort of already judged me because I don't like him will really judge me if you see him. I don't like this puppy. He pees on me, he pees on the couch, he eats his own poop. I mean, it's just, it's just not what I was looking for. He ate a pair of shoes this little demon dog, you guys remember right when COVID started, how you couldn't get a roll of toilet, rolls of toilet paper were worth more than gold bars. We had four, we had four, Tyler, we had four rolls of toilet paper, the last four rolls in a tri-state area, the dog ate them. I don't like them, but my son does. And so I'm trying the only redeeming quality this little animal has is if he would just cuddle. You know what I mean? I mean, I would never cuddle tiny girl dog, but some would. Okay. So everybody goes to bed. I want to cuddle the dog. He won't let me. Every time I try to pet him, he bites me. He just wiggles. And I'm just like, bro, just stop. Let me, and he, ar, 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 and he barks. And, and, and my wife's like, okay, put him in the crate. Well, I don't know if dogs are claustrophobic, but I'm claustrophobic and it makes me feel really, really bad putting them in a crate. I don't want to put them in the crate. The other night, everybody's asleep. Dog's in the crate. I'm in the living room watching the last dance for the second time. And I hear him scratching on the crate. And everything in me starts to feel claustrophobic for him. And I'm just like, I don't care what anybody says. I'm getting him out of the crate. And so I go get him out of the crate and I take him to the couch and I put him on my lap and I'm just like, I'm trying to pet him. Every time I touch him, he bites me Then he barks and he bites Then he wiggles Then he kicks. Then he claws a little pee drool. It's awful. 
I'm not, I'm not making this up. It's, it's that bad. And I said to him the other night, I literally said to him, I was like, hey, the alternative is back in confinement. And I said to this dog, I said, would you let me love you? And I literally went, look around, see all the freedom. It's so peaceful out here. Would you just let me love you? And he bit me. I put him back in the crate. I'm not kidding. And the next morning I was having my quiet time. And I kid you not. I was repenting for the fourth time, probably for something that I said to someone that I really regretted. And I felt like God spoke to me, not in an audible voice or anything weird, just like in my mind. And it was just clear as day. He just dropped this thought in my mind. He said, hey, Sean, will you let me love you? Will you stop carrying guilt and condemnation and shame for stuff I've already forgiven you for? Will you stop fighting it? All I want to do is love you. All God wants to do is love you. All he wants to do is shower you with his grace and his love and his forgiveness and his kindness and his favor. And he's like, you can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You'll never merit it. Would you just let me, would you just trust me enough to let me love you? And for some of you, it's the first time. And for some of you, it's the billionth time. And I'm telling you, the grace is just as good every time. Because it's not about our list of do's and don'ts. It's about Jesus's list of I already did. And when we start to accept it, and when we start to embrace it, and when we start to walk in his grace, we start to experience the peace and the joy and the confidence. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you're with us. I thank you so much that you love us. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. We never deserved it. We never earned it. And still, here you are with this relentless, unending, inexhaustible love and grace for us. And you know everything that's wrong with us. And God, I just pray for those who are considering putting their trust in you for the very first time today. I pray that you would just give them a a sense of ease and peace in their soul right now. Just breathe. Relax. I pray, God, that as some people put their faith in you for the very first time, they start to experience your peace in ways that they never have. And God, today I want to pray for some people who have had their faith in you for a long time and, and have been cloaked with guilt and cloaked with shame and cloaked with condemnation for way too long listening to ourselves, listening to the lies of the enemy, telling us we're not good enough, telling us we don't deserve it, telling us we're unwanted. And I pray, God, for some freedom today. I pray for some peace today, for some joy, a sense of purpose, a sense of confidence, knowing I can come to my God on his throne of grace with confidence in Jesus' name. And when I do, it changes things. With everyone's eyes closed, I want to ask two questions. I always like to give you a chance to respond. And the first one's this. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't care what country in the world you're watching this from. You don't have a relationship with Jesus and you know that you know this is my moment. 
this is my time. I didn't even see this coming. Of course, you're not going to be perfect. Of course, you don't know how it's going to turn out. But you know the God of the universe right this minute is drawing you into a relationship with him. And today you go, I want to take that step of faith. I want to ask God to forgive me of my sins and be the Lord of my life. I choose him. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. Actually, physically raise your hand where you're at. It's so good sometimes to do something on the outside to reflect what's going on on the inside. If you're watching this on a, plat on a platform, excuse me, that has the option, hit the button below this video that says, raise your hand. And we're gonna send you some free resources and we're gonna celebrate you and we're gonna help you get started on what is the best decision you've ever made in your life. And Christians, those of you who say, I am a believer, I am a follower of Jesus, can I just ask you to be honest for a minute? Whether you've been saved a minute a day, a year, a lifetime, pastor 20 churches. Would you be honest for a moment? You know you have given shame too much leash in your life. You have given shame too much authority. Whether it's all from yourself, whether you've heard it all your life from other people, whether it's Satan whispering lies in your ear, you have given in to this idea, I'm just not enough, I'm just not good enough, God just wouldn't want me. And shame starts to run everything. And if that's you and today you say, no more, no more, I'm not gonna listen to these lies anymore. I'm gonna accept and walk in and cling to the grace of God, unearned favor of my God. I accept his grace and I get rid of shame in Jesus' name. If that's you, raise your hand. Liverpool One Church, how cool was that. And let me just say, just on behalf of Emma and I and all of our staff and volunteer team here at Liverpool One Church, thank you so much, Red Rocks Church. Sean, Jill, we love you guys. We're so appreciative of you being willing up to open up your home and allow us in for this current series. We miss you guys and we're so grateful to you. You know, the work of Liverpool One Church happens right here because of the kindness and the generosity and the willingness of people to not live selfish lives, but rather they choose sacrificially to give towards the cause of building the local church. And right now the doors of the church may be closed, but the works of the volunteers that happen within the church are often still very much so happening. I mean, we've got some incredible things that have been taking place because you are such a generous church and I would love to show you. Check this out. So right now, we have got tons of volunteers who are all here, of course, in a socially distant and responsible manner, and we are compiling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bags of hope. I mean, we've got like, we've got bread, we've got tuna, we've got Kit Kats, we've got cleaning products. I mean, come, check this out, this is incredible. We've got digestive biscuits, we've got all kinds of pasta products, we've got juice, we've got everything a household could possibly need to just try and help and alleviate some of the pain and some of the hurt and some of the hardship that many people are experiencing in this season. Come, check this out. And here we have literally hundreds of the bags that are about to imminently go out to our local community. And this happens because of your generosity. We couldn't do this without you. We don't want to do this without you. So my request of you is this. If you want to be involved in the real work of a local church, 
then I wanna encourage you to partner with us financially in this season. There are many ways that you can give into the life of Liverpool One Church, and they're all listed on the screen beneath me right now. Because we believe with all of our heart that we're stronger together. And when we choose not to live selfishly, but rather to live sacrificially, I think it's at that point that people really start to see the work in the hands of Jesus being operational through the life of a local church. And all of this is made possible because of your willing to simply give to a local church. So thanks, church. We don't want to do this without you. We couldn't do this without you. We love you. Have a great week, guys.